Rallycross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Welcome to this week's Canicross Conversations and this week we have Kev Lampolt with us, the British national champion on the scooter with two dogs and we're really excited to talk to you Kevin, Kev to um, find out about this because I know nothing about scooter and I don't think Michelle does either. No. So welcome Kev and please do introduce yourself. Cool, so yeah I'm Kev, um, nothing particularly special about me but um, yeah last year we ranked uh, first in the UK um, on two dog scoop, so not a massively competed um, uh, portion of the events, I suppose. But um, something that yeah, that it is sort of bordering into the team sport element um, of mushing, um, more along the traditional end of mushing support, so kicked support from the musher, um, and then beyond that, you're getting into your th- your three four wheeled um rigs wow. uh, and, be- and beyond with the bigger teams but uh yeah so we're at the front end of the team's categories and uh yeah it's a really adrenaline filled um fast sport i've seen it <laughs> <laughs> it looks fun it looks fast yeah <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was looking at your videos from Canicross across midlands like ah! um so how did you get into it did you start by doing Canicross cross or um yeah i suppose a bit of a mix so just started dog walking and associating you know ourselves with, with people in the local area and um you know i think in the uk um people are aware of, um james lewington so really local to, to james um and uh yeah he i had a husky a young husky pup at the time um and uh he said oh you should come and check out uh, this sport that we do um so yeah couple of uh, events into that and a, and a bit of training and uh, that was us hooked and i think year on year we took on another couple of dogs every year for about three years on the trot so um yeah it's uh, it grew quickly in the family and um yeah it's, it's just been something that really fitted our niche you know we really outdoorsy people um always enjoy trekking and hiking and camping and that sort of thing um and sport generally you know i've always been into mountain biking and um and that sort of end of things so it, it fitted my need for adrenaline and um yeah it's definitely the most fun i've ever had on foot or two wheels or you know um it definitely ticks all those boxes every time we go away so how many dogs have you got now i've got five. Oh, okay <laughs> are they all the same are they all huskies or uh, so I've got three um, sort of husky shepherd type crosses, um, and then two hound mixes, which are basically Scandinavian hound cross red setter. So what what made you have the hound, uh, the huskies in the first place? What got you into huskies? Uh, my sister had a litter, and she had a really lovely uh, husky shepherd cross, and it was just one of those. The opportunity came up right right situation in life and wanted a dog and these little teddy bears were born and yeah <laughs> there, there was no way on day one i wasn't picking one and saying yeah so that was the uh, that was the situation there and it's got a little bit out of control since that point really um, <laughs> they say one dog leads to more dogs don't they yeah and, and then we went and picked that we went to pick a brother up from wales 
and uh, it, there was only a brother and sister left, so we couldn't leave without both. That was uh, kind of how that one rolled out. <laughs> and then, and then the hounds were uh, from Friends Litter, and uh, they were just up the road. So we went to have a look and walked away with two there on the first day they were born as well. So, yeah, getting into taking two home instead of one, um, yeah, a bit of a dangerous scenario to get yourself into, but. And it's not just it's not just the sort of the cost of the dogs and having these dogs in your hand at house. It's um well you have a van, don't you? Is it your van or is it James's van? Because every time I see you at events, they're like you've got this massive van filled with dog crates. Yeah, so between us we've all got various vehicles and stuff that you know, this this sport isn't for the faint hearted, but then um, you know, I the, the financials in in the setup and stuff that you use and the, all the equipment is one thing. Yeah, I think that's still far out weighed by the amount we put into food and you know, nutritional content for the dogs yeah. and everything else and and taking them places. You know the weekends that we go away. But and I always say if if I didn't do the sport, if I didn't work the dogs, then this wouldn't be worth it to me. But you know th- this is why we're in it. You know they are pets first and foremost. You know they're health and everything else comes above everything else but yeah it is if i wasn't in the sport i definitely would have wouldn't have overburdened myself with with five dogs you know but it is life every weekend we're away we're doing something with the dogs so it's real value in that regard i would say yeah wow it sounds busy yeah (laughs) it is so why so you said you used to bmx or or ride mountain bikes sorry um Why, why, why did you get into scooter? And tell us about it because I've I've talked to people before about scootering, but it's harder work than biking, isn't it? Yeah, so it's always that difficulty. If you've got more than one dog, what do you do um, in in the events for a weekend? Because there's only so many times you can get out on categories or or get back to then tag on the end of the same category that you've just gone out in. So, and then when they seed for day two, uh, day two in the racing inevitably you end up really close to your own times so it makes it then impossible to get out on day two um so it was just that way of getting multiple dogs out on the trail um you know my my two hounds run fantastic together um they're basically perfectly matched and the um the huskies they're, they're pretty equivalent to each other themselves so it was just that way of getting multiple dogs out on the trail and then when you start doing it it's like oh actually i'm i'm doing something pretty devastating here like we're running the same times as the 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 top bikes that are out there and um yeah it it became that little niche that i ended up pretty good at you know controlling the scooter it's a totally different methodology of riding um yeah you know it is really special when you're out there because you can't, sorry, because I, I remember talking to Georgie after after she gave it a go at Goodwoof. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's really hard, isn't it? Because you can't just stay, you, you see kids going along on scooters, you can't just stay on the one leg, can you? No, so you're swapping legs to corner. You're swapping legs to maintain your kick because if you just stay on one leg for 5K, you, you're going to get cramped, you're going to get tired. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there there is a lot of assistance. I always say that scooter is one of the hardest sports you can do with the dogs because weight to the amount of power that you've got from the dogs it's one of the harder team sports there's more weight that they're pulling with rider and carriage behind them than say with like a three-wheeled rig and a, and a four to six dog team that yeah. 
it's it's managed a lot better over the dogs so especially when you see like the the single scooters go out like that's really impressive when you see a fast single scooter team um that dog is incredible you know what it, what it's managing to put out over 5k um and you know we've got we've got some good single dog scooter teams in the uk but the europeans a whole nother level for that sort of thing as well um they've got some really fast mono teams on scoot um, i've never really thought about it like that actually you yeah so you, you, just can't, yeah. you physically can't assist as well as you could on a bike yeah um and and that's more probably dominant when it comes to uphill oh, um yeah. so so yeah that that that's the thing you know we're trying to work ultra hard on scoot to to assist the dogs um and then when it comes to cornering and things like that then you're thinking about wh- what foot positions you've got um how, how you're going to lean into that corner now a lot of the things that you would think about on bike but you're just doing slightly differently on scoot but you need you also need a good core and good balance don't you because one for changing over but also for as you say cornering and everything else for for the to help the dogs yeah i mean like with any of these sports you've got to be a human athlete right uh, you're always the weakest link um yes. I, I, we joke about that in, in, in all the categories you know the, the dogs are never the weak link um it's always the human i I think that shows up most predominantly in canny cross you know like that that's where you become evidently the the weaker link but um but no when when you see a dog start to go back to trot and stuff on on bike and scoot it's because they've hit a brick wall you know they're tugging something behind them that isn't keeping up um and uh yeah that that can make or break a race really um depending on the terrain and 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 what you're facing so so that's quite interesting. Sorry, Michelle, you're on mute still. You knew that. <laughs> um, so you, you, the dogs, like, as you say, when they start trotting, they've hit a brick wall. So how do you, because we, we have to train ourselves as, you know, if we're running marathons or things like that with our food. So what do you do nutrition-wise that maybe maybe a canny crosser wouldn't do? Is it is it different or? Um, I don't think there's anything you'll do really. I think it's based on the amount of work that you're doing so um distance wise pace wise uh, and ju- then just the sheer number of runs you're building into a week um i split mine between roughly in the off season probably 50 50 kibble and raw um and then in the on season like probably 70 30 um with the predominant so on the raw um but uh yeah that's purely in a in a cost saving you know exercise uh having five dogs um but then it's a, it's a quality kibble and, and a really quality raw um and you know treats and things like that on top of that eggs and you know bits and pieces, bones and bits and pieces on top of that so <laughs> my dog's just uh not treated very well <laughs> actually i know because you were feeding them when i last saw you i think we had a conversation about raw food because i don't use raw food do you michelle yeah i feed poppy on raw yeah and it was quite interesting you got me thinking kev because you were say saying that the the quality is better from what they take out of it was that right yeah so they without being crass like they 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 poo less and and it's not just that that sort of stodgy poo content it's yeah, everything that they're eating from that they're they're absorbing um a lot more so you you definitely notice that um yeah it's weird 
you've spent most of your life monitoring dog bowel content when you own race dogs um but yeah it's um that's that's just one of the things isn't it trying to keep them on balance um we overfed last weekend we raced and we had a, a few poo stops on the trail and it was just we we ran until too late in the day and then we fed lunch and then we fed a heavy dinner as well and i suffered for it the next day and it's just all that learning you know learning how they process what they process how quickly they process that um and and yeah what what they're comfortable running on um so it's, it's always a learning every time you go out on the trail i think and you, and you hit hit some of these and you problems. don't don't feed them before they race not the day of no well traditionally we're racing it early mornings so yeah. anywhere from like say 8 a.m um through well it, it can be you know scoots get put out weird times sometimes um you know i don't think they get scoot gets seen as like a major category uh in the uk because i i think the mono sports have been fantastic for for the canny sport world because they it is sort of family accessible like most families that have got a single dog can go out and canny cross can go out and bike jaw um but then when you start getting into team sports it is a bit more onerous so scoot is that smaller category and it, sometimes it gets put out early morning which is great because we get the temperatures but sometimes it just gets bumped to later in the day um so you just have to find that balance for the course that you're on and if it means that i'm out at like 11 12 o'clock in the day i'll just feed like a fistful of like meat with um a little bit of like water or milk or something like that with it just so they get the hydration and a little bit of nutrition in them but try not to really you know like most top runners you, you probably you're carving up the day before aren't you you know you carb loading and then morning of you just kind of want to be totally empty um but yeah and trying to avoid you know i've got some quite deep chested hounds as well like trying to avoid uh, any stomach twists or anything yeah. like that any bloat no not, not good so how do you train your them to scoot um, do you start them off on Canicross or do you put them on the bike or no, not literally put them on the bike, obviously. But <laughs> so, so I herniated a disc in my back Canicrossing. So, um, yeah, whilst Canicross is, is an exceptional feeling, you know, like flying with the dog at that speed, you know, a human turning its legs over at that speed is incredible. Um, it just, yeah, it wasn't sustainable for me um, and my, my structure. Yeah. Know, but just didn't, it just didn't work for me. So, um, you know, we had some great fun canny crossing in my early years in the sport. And then um, I switched over to bike now on scoot full time. Um, I I think it is good to train a young dog up canny crossing. You, you you probably do have that bit more control over them. You, you might not scare them. Depending on the, the mindset of the dog, you might not scare them so much um, with the wheels and stuff behind them. Um, but you're you're looking at training at a different pace. So mixing your training is going to be really helpful. If you've got a dog um, with the mental ability to cope, you know, with the different learnings and, and stuff going on around them, um, then you'll notice within Canny Cross that there are a different stride pattern to when they're running at full pace on bike. Um, and also people think, oh, well, Canny Cross is softer, you know, on, on the dog, where, whereas bike might be that bit harder. But actually, you can bike a dog such that you're not putting any load on them. You know, if you if you're pedaling fast enough behind them, then they're basically free running. So you can work between pull work and fast pace, but low load work with them. So I think that that's it's worth a consideration of 
of how you how you balance their training whereas with canny cross you're you're under full load all the time you know so it's just some thoughts and stuff that i've been putting into that over the years you definitely don't want to start dogs too early but then you can't start them too late either otherwise they haven't got the mental drive for, for sport so yeah really mixed early years training i would say um and then find the niches that you want to get into but it's, it's perfectly reasonable to have a dog that competes across all of them i think there's there's quite a few dogs out there that are absolutely capable you just put them in harness and they're going to pull till they can can't pull anymore um so yeah it's um they know what they're up to yeah, I'd never really thought of it like that, but it, but canny cross being harder on the dog, but I guess it is, isn't it? Yeah, because you've not got the the aid of a mechanical thing to help you along, have you? Yeah, I mean, and different dogs work in different ways, right? Some are just brute force and ignorance, and, and they will just push and push and push until they physically haven't got anything left, um, which can be great for a competitive dog, right? But then the musher really needs to manage that dog uh, so that they don't over overburn themselves um and then yeah you've got some dogs that will preserve themselves so they'll just go you know you're too much you're too slow and i i can't pull you any harder or any longer and i'm just going to trot i'm just going to give up and, and, and not bother i've got a couple of huskies just like that um, so yeah it's, you weren't um, watching pickle one <laughs> towards the end of my race i'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh bless her so what does your training look like kev to be able to like keep up with them and <clears throat> yeah so the keeping up with them bit now i've you know totally switched the wheels i mean even just canny hiking my hounds you know i'll talk about my competitive dogs i suppose um that hurts i just like all my glutes and my hips and things like that just they don't mean anything by it but just the sheer force that they're and and it's consistent it's like they've just grabbed your glutes and they're just crushing them <laughs> um and, and we'll go and do it like an hour hike two hour hike with them and i whereas i could hike with my huskies all day long and it just feels like a nice manageable pull. Yeah. can i just um, say didn't you come to my pilates class in goodwood <laughs> there is there is no amount of pilates I'll lend, I'll lend you obi and then we'll we'll just see how much pilates you take in for the week after trying to get yourself back to human oh like, that sounds yeah. like a challenge right there <laughs> it's horrible as much and, and i love that dog like he's just he's the softest dopiest thing but even in a halter you know they just walk forward head yeah. straight you can't turn them you know that's that's how powerful they are and yeah it's great but we've but built do you do any but do you do any training for yourself though yeah so i train myself you know we go out on rides we i yeah i say i do less running but i i, I can run on my own and i go out at lunchtime at work and things like that and, and go go on a run just by doing a lot of indoor training a lot more indoor training um on the bike that's working quite well like low impact stuff for me personally um like i said i hurt my back but um uh that's been a pretty persistent issue i'm sure i won't get rid of but um for the, for the dogs this year it's been um a bit of a mix-up um we've been lucky enough to get a hydro sponsor uh for this year so we've been doing a lot of water treadmill um with them in the off season and swimming um and definitely taking them up the, the coast a lot more over the summer and, and getting them out in the water there so we've done yeah i would say a hell of a lot more in the off season uh this year um off the back of last season's um 
national win. So I just wanted to keep them maintained with the opportunity to go out to IFSS this year um, and and try and you know hold our own there. If you know, I I'm not expecting to, to pull anything uh, spectacular out of the bag given the competition that we've seen coming out of Europe. But um, but yeah, you know, just just to do what we can. I just want the dogs at you know their their optimum um, condition. And and that's all I can ask for them, really. Um, and it has it's noticeable, you know. What they they've not got any, you know. Their their speed is their speed, you know. Like with with most humans, your pace is your pace, right? Yeah. To to actually, you can go, you can work that up, but you're not going to go a million miles from from your your base pace, right? Um, but yeah, so so their their pace is consistent, but that is the point. They are consistent day to day, race to race week on week you know and and i think that's that's made the real difference is is training them consistently on in the off season doing the hydro with them um has really worked so that's been one element um we've been doing some resistance work tire pull um so we've got some low slung uh stick harnesses this year um and we've been doing some tire pull stuff um sort of like a k at a time in sets and and then really just you because the humidity's been awful this year. I was about to say that it's been yes, really- yeah, yeah. So so we've been building, we've been doing like maybe like nine k in training sessions at, at sometimes, but but doing that in like two and a half to like three k sets, and then training's just taking hours rather than like a half hour training session would have been quite normal for us. You know, go and blast around a field, uh, do five k and and then finish. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah, now we're, we're breaking up into sets, you know, giving them quarter of an hour, half an hour rest between sets and then going again wow. just to break that issue with the temp and humidity, let them reset. Um, but you do notice that, that when they, they're still, that doesn't mean they're capable of 9K flat out or, or, or 6K flat out, which is what we're trying to get to for IFSS. Um, yeah, so we still need to do, wait for the temps to come down and, and then push those those fully linked sets together um and, and try and get that distance into them for the sustainment so when did, so you, you keep sorry you keep mentioning it there's a, an event in europe coming up isn't there yeah so germany Lico. is that a couple of weeks time or something like that so yeah no, november yeah yes yeah, so we're recording this in the middle of october um so you're going to enter scooting yeah we qualified for, for two dog scoot yeah so whichever you qualify for, the, for your national category and um and i haven't got enough competitive dogs to enter multiple categories so yeah we, what, with five dogs and still not enough <laughs> but, but then nationally competitive dogs so i've got i've got two luckily you know been, yeah. been been blessed with with two incredible hounds um that you know are, are just fantastic pets but also they're doing they're doing well in the sport um so yeah we, we, we'll take them out on scoot this year um, I might have a bit of a mix up with the categories that I enter for next year. Uh, I've been quite enjoying bike. Um, so yeah, might, might see where they go on bike individually next year, but, um, but no, they, they just run as, as the sibling team, my, my brother and sister, yeah. my, my competitive dogs. Um, and, and they run so succinctly together that, you know, it's, it's just magic watching them go out which is which is nice even with their size differences you know the boy boy and the girl they're about 10 kilos apart um which makes a difference in their overall heights um but yeah, yeah power yeah. and pace 
I've got a question then. So what, what makes a male dogs better or female dogs better for canny sports? Female dogs, in my opinion, have got the drive. Um, they've, they, they've, they've got the drive and they've got the headspace, um, you know, but um, you're, you won't beat the brute force and ignorance of, of a male dog. So <laughs> it, it, in my opinion, you know, when, when the going gets tough, um, a good male dog will, will push on. And, and that's great. But my my little girl, she keeps him at pace. And if I was to run him with another big boy, there is a potential that whilst they're delivering power, they might not run as fast. Um, whereas when she's when he's with her, he will maintain her pace. And and that makes that makes all the difference. Oh, that's really good. Though, I love though. that. She's keeping him in check. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, you ask her to tug up a hill. Uh, she'll try and scamp, but then he's the one. He's the one putting in the work. So it's um, yeah, it is a shared shared affair, um, and and that's why I like them. Would would I have another male in the team at his size and his power and everything else? Yeah, hell yeah, I would. Um, <laughs> but that's not what I've got, and uh, so I, but I'm really happy with you know, <laughs> the way the way that they do what they do. So Europe, we keep hearing about Europe and this just fascinates me because I don't know enough about what goes on in Europe. Um, are you, um, do they have massive, massive teams out there? Is it just such a major sport than it is over here? Um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty popular in the UK. Um, I, I don't think it, it's, it's unpopular, but, you know, I, I, you know, I do just think, you know, I watch a lot of, like all the YouTube content and stuff from some of the events and stuff. And there's some big dogs out there, you know, um, pulling out some pretty impressive stuff. I mean, I, I try and, you know, look for dogs that, you know, a, a bitch around 28 kilos is I was always been like my kind of like optimum. Um, my little girl, I mean, it's about 25 and a half, um, really scampy at that weight. Um, like, you know, she, she dashes around everywhere. Um, but then lacks like a bit of that harness power. Yeah. Um, and then my boy is around sort of 34 kilos, um, which is, you know, that for, for the leverage on the legs and everything else is, is some real power. But they've got dogs up and around 40 kilos wow. that are running at the same pace as or more than my little girl, you know. And so when they when you see them sustaining that over those sorts of distances, yeah <laughs> you know yeah. this is the difference between us running a 19 to 20 mile an hour average 5k and then 21s and 22s that are like world standard it is a huge margin when you get to those top end averages and but that's what you know that's how they're delivering it and and some of them are doing that on single dog scoot you know like these are small horses running um masquerading as dogs you know <laughs> um but uh yeah it, no, it's, it is good. It is. Well, it's fascinating. And uh, so how can people, if they want to get into scooting, get into scooting? Is it just, just, is, there's no, there's nothing really. Yeah, there clubs there, or anything? Or? No, no, there's no boundary to it. I mean, I, weirdly, actually, I, I do put certain people off scooting. So uh, people with a single dog um, that are like, oh, I want to get into the sport and I've seen a scooter and, you know, I, this whole mushing thing. And, mm -hmm. and they associate the traditional mushing, like the kicking element of the sport with uh, sleds and, and therefore scooters. Um, I do kind of say to them, look, don't do it. Get your bike that you've already got or, or a bike that's going to be 
probably just as much money as a scooter um, and put the small adaptations that you need, you know, like the jaw arm and um, the lines and stuff onto it, because then you can assist because these are clearly people with, you know, home, you know, pet dogs um, that that don't have that much pull power or, or maybe not that into the sport. And what they might be asking from them inadvertently without thinking of it is a lot more than, than the dog can actually deliver. Um, and and so I, I would always go for that assist and get the dog into the sport happily rather than make it overwork, um, which scooter can develop, I suppose, if if you don't know what you're up to. Um, but yeah, you know, if you, if you've you know you've trained your dogs and, and you know what they're capable of, and you you, you want to get into that element of the mushing sport, then you know scooter is fantastic um you know getting out on a trail on scoot like i said there's different elements to the handling and and everything else that you're putting in so it is yeah it is totally different and and to yeah go up competitively with it and, and work your way up you know when i'm out on a weekend i'm i'm not really looking at the other scoot times you know yes i'm competitive with the other scoots but i'm looking at bikes and things like that and thinking you know okay mountain bikes got around in that time that's what we want to be hitting um and yeah how you know how can we dominate over a, a bike because yes i've got two dogs but i'm definitely at that that disadvantage i'm not geared assist i'm not pedal assist yeah. so so what can we do with like flow on the trail handling and everything else that actually we have certain advantages for you know like cornering on a scoot i've got my feet near to the ground so if i need to get off or you know i need to power slide the scoot, the scoot around a corner you know i've got i've got some different elements that i can pull out the bag and that a bike might just get completely thrown off on um so yeah that's where i'm kind of putting myself is there's a challenge every time is let's be the bikes um, <laughs> but yeah or, or be the fastest team out on the weekend you know like, yeah. o- overall everything um yeah. yeah that's not hard really <laughs> it can be this you know there's some ridiculous i mean canning cross now is getting down to like 12 and a half minutes i mean I know. This, it's this, unbelievable this i won't tell you what mine is but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm in the yeah. veterans so you know <laughs> so what kind of speed are we talking you know what would you cover a 5k in on a scooter under 10 minutes yeah so um yeah. depending depending on the course um so if it was just a flat out sprint race um yeah let's say we're averaging 20 to 21 mile an hour on on a flat out sprint um then you know you're you're clear you could possibly clear it in sub nine um but you know that's with virtually zero technicality a nice probably low me underfoot like for the dogs not too harsh so they don't just back off on you know foot sore or whatever mm-hmm. yeah perfect conditions nice and chill and, and everything else um yeah, if it starts to get technical, that's that's where the team element of it comes in, right? And um, you can have the fastest dogs in the world, but if you can't ride that scoot or you don't know your team well and you can't call the dogs off, you know, there are elements of scoot where you could just get thrown hard into a corner and you, you're a pendulum on the back, right? So, um, yeah, the, you need to be able to call your dogs off on vocal command and and it, it is a real team sport. And I think that's why we all love it, right? You've you can't just go out and have a good day yourself. Yeah. You need to, your, your team needs to have a good day. And, and that's why there's so much prep in it, I suppose. So, yeah. yeah, it's all the prep, it's all the training, it's all the commands, getting everything spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm way too old to start doing that. 
there's always two there's always two dog canny cross yeah yes i have tried it but with a dog that was so slow it was fine it was just a little jog (laughs) (laughs) i don't think pickle would cope with that very well um it's fast enough with pickle by herself if i'm honest so um, (laughs) yeah it's great I, th- I think it's not not all about total speed, you know. We've just been uh, down to Devon, Devon Howlers. Yeah, you know, I saw probably, all that. The, probably the toughest course in the country, right? Ooh. And um, that, yeah. you know, like it, it's about getting from point A to point B. Um, and in some ways, well, in more ways actually than one, I I would take that over a sprint race any yeah. day. I think you you can have the fastest dogs, and, and that's absolutely fine. But I I like the traditional mushing element of this sport you know it was built in the backcountry and um you know you, you have to be able to control that team and get them from point a to point b and if we can turn that into a sprint sport and, and do that as quickly as possible then that's fantastic but having to overcome obstacles and you know get get round the terrain um is kind of what i really enjoy about it actually so um, i think that goes goes back to actually when we're learning canny cross or any canny sport that it's all about the commands yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, it is quite interesting. Pickle will, will, yeah, she'll listen sometimes, not others. So I would never put her on a bike or a um, a scooter. But and the relationship as well. If you if you ask a dog to to overwork itself, like it'll get up a hill, you know, or t- tackle an obstacle that it's not sure about, it's that commitment yes. that it's going to listen to you. It's it's yeah. going to do as you've asked because you're the person it trusts most yeah. in the yeah. world. So yeah. Oh, it's absolutely fascinating. Michelle, have you yeah. anything else? <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah, I'm a bit overwhelmed by, yeah, just like what a team sport it is. It sounds brilliant. We, yeah. Need yeah, we wish you all the best racing. in your upcoming race. When is it? A couple of weeks' time? Yeah, so I think we're heading out uh, sometime around the 14th um, of November. Uh, so it'll be a week long because the team, you know, with the other people we've, we've got involved uh, are doing bike and, and canny cross and they've spread that out over uh, I think it's like four to five days um, the, the event spread out over so whereas in the UK we cram everything into a weekend right um, it's such a big event um, that we just couldn't get that many competitors in in a day with all the different categories so I think it starts um, Thursday so they've got Thursday, Friday where I think the bikes are um, this Friday, Saturday, Canny Cross, and then Saturday, Sunday for the scoots and team rigs, oh. all the rest of it. So, yeah, big, big event. Let us know, you know how you get on. Yeah, yeah good for the experience. We'll be watching the bikes and the Canny Cross and then aiming to be the fastest team. <laughs> we are, we are going to be nowhere near that. Nowhere near let's that. Be, let's be positive about this. <laughs> uh, that, that honestly is being completely positive. If, if the dogs <laughs> go and, and they put out everything that they can and we've had fun, like that is You're happy. everything I, I could want for from that week. Yeah. Um, if, if they stay consistent and, and we have, you know, two clean runs uh, and we hold our own, that's that's all fantastic i could ask for yeah yeah and we'll just absorb everything else you know just going out there and seeing what this sport is developing into um and, and how other people are, are sort of breaching those but those boundaries um will be yeah equally as interesting as running the trail I yeah think. and i uh, do you know it's it's fascinating because i'm bringing a lot of new people into canny crosses as michelle is you know just through getting them out and just introducing them to us and and they're just loving it for the sake it is but it's also fascinating to see where it could go because i've got some clients that 
have a pet dog, rescue dogs, and now, which I think kind of happens, doesn't it? And then you want to buy a hound because you want to get into it a little bit more and be more competitive. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. But this has been brilliant. Um, we need to get someone on with the bike jaw now to talk about bike jaw. So we'll do that. But thank you so much, Kev, for your time. Appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And um, I hope everyone's enjoyed it. If you've got any questions, let us know and we can um, get Kev to answer them, I'm sure. And um, we will see you in the next episode of Can Across Conversations.